Warning. While Stephanie Meyer may have written Twilight for children and young adults, Twilight, a literary podcast, contains adult content. If that kind of stuff isn't your speed, feel free to stop here. Everyone else, please sit back and enjoy our explicit podcast. Well, welcome, 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 and most importantly, welcome to Twilight, a literary deep dive into the blood-sucking skin sparkling the world of Twilight. From a lifelong fan. And a first-time reader, join us as we try to answer the question, does, does it, it suck? suck? Ah, why? Your electric glow is all of you. Well, hey everyone, I'm Hi. Jess. Spencer here. And this is Twilight. Yeah, you heard. Welcome. You know. I'm tired, if I'm going to be honest with all of you guys. But. But, big but. Big but, because these are some of my favorite chapters that we're about to talk about. Yeah, this is this is some some intense stuff. Yes, this is maybe my favorite chapters to write about. Ooh, yeah. Um, I would say I had them. I don't know if it turned out great, but I had the. It was most interesting to write about. Okay. And I think we should just get into it. Yeah. I think. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I I love you so much. So, so much. do I. I suppose. But only up until I change to someone else that I love immediately, and then I forget about you. Um, that will become more relevant as we go. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and begin our for, for summary review. For, for summary. Or chapter sur- summary. Or review. <laughs> so I was trying to combine summary and review, and it's actually very difficult. It's not. They're not conducive to mixing. <laughs> All right. So we begin with chapter seventeen. Hey, what do I look like? The Wizard of Oz? You need a brain? You need a heart? Well, go ahead. Take mine. Take everything I have. Okay, so a couple of things. One, I fucking I hate how you did that. Uh, <laughs> two, because this is my favorite chapter title. And you oh, took sorry. everything that was Jacob out of it. That did sound like Jacob to you? No. <laughs> Well, I'll do. I'll do redo that. <laughs> you had told me that. I forgot that you cared about that. How how, how you felt about that title? We're not cutting it. No, We're no, keep that in. It. But I will redo it uh, in reverence to to your opinion. I'd forgotten you cared about that. <laughs> Thank you. If I had remembered, I would have just done my worst acting ever. <laughs> now I'm scared to do it. What Want do- me to do it? Yeah, you do it. What do I look like? The Wizard of Oz? You need a brain? You need a heart? Go ahead. Take mine. Take everything I have. Uh, I didn't hear the New York accent in yours. Well, that's because Jacob is from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Where's New York? <laughs> the Atlantic Northeast. And those aren't close. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> I should have paid attention to geography. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Remember what I said? Let's just get right into it like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Listen, we had to do that chapter title right or yep. I would have been not sleeping tonight. Yeah. That's a lie. I don't. Nah, sac- I, yeah. I do not sacrifice. Yeah, what a weak sleep. threat Let's get from that. you. St- 
That is the least least possible threat you could ever issue on me. I was watching Bridgerton yesterday. I was rewatching uh-huh. it, and there's this line that's pretty famous where mm. she's like, "It is you I cannot sacrifice," mm-hmm. and that's me with sleep. Yeah, it goes Over order of everything. Sacri- <laughs> it goes sleep, Sybil, Big Dip, me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <clears throat> Jacob had a plan when he entered the Colin garage. He was going to wreck whatever vehicle Edward was stupid enough to lend him. But when he clicks the keyless remote, lights flash from a car that left Jake drooling. This was back whenever uh, cars... Yeah, so... Had, rem- all the cars did, like, this was new, right? Yeah, yeah, this was a big deal. Right. Uh, it's way more common now, but... Yeah. Edward had given him keys to an Ashton Martin Vanquish. Oh. From what I was able to gather in my research, uh, this is impressive. <laughs> That's about all I know That's about, about it as, as well. <laughs> much as I can add, um, uh, my, my brother Josh, if you're listening, text me if it's impressive. <laughs> now second-guessing his plans for automotive destruction, Jake flies out of the garage. Seconds later, he was barreling down the highway with no specific destination in mind and zero regard for the posted speed limits. Homeboy was going like 200. He was itching yeah. for it. For a moment, on the south side of Forks, Jacob notices a hint of dark brown fur peeking through the woods, running alongside him. Having your choices taken away from you no longer felt like the worst thing in the world. If he imprinted on someone, he wouldn't have to agonize over Bella anymore. Problem was, he'd already seen every girl from La Push all the way up to the Macaw Res. He needed a bigger pool of candidates. He needed a crowd. So Jacob keeps on going north until he comes across a large park full of people. He walks around for hours, creepily staring into the face of every girl he passes. Not boy? Mm. No, no, this is this is like 2005. Okay. I would just I would just keep my op- options open if that if I was that desperate. Yeah, you know? but you know, but it is what it is. It is. It do be what it is. Babies are fine, but <laughs> grown men aren't are off the table here. Shame. <laughs> Truly, that's not my head canon. Anyways, um, <laughs> imagine that homie also looked at men. Walks <laughs> around for hours, staring into the face of every girl he passes, hoping one of them would set off his imprinting. But of course, he isn't that lucky. Frustrated and tired, he gives up and walks back to the car. Slumped back against the hood, Jacob wonders if he was like Leah, some kind of dead end, not allowed to pass down to another generation. His thoughts are interrupted when he's approached by one of the girls he checked out earlier. So what follows is what I find to be an obviously unrealistic scenario uh, that plays out. But any hot slash tall guys out there, just let me know if this kind of thing actually happens because as far as I understand this is this is an impossibility oh uh being approached by a woman yeah and just the kind of woman that she is oh okay gotcha. yeah, yeah 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 like let me know if this happens to you guys hey uh you okay there hot stuff she didn't say that all right you there with the stolen car she said smiling in a way that caused a dimple to pop out from her chin babe like you oh it is like me maybe I'm the girl that's why no one's approached me. <laughs> You're supposed I sh- to do the approaching. I was supposed to, doing it, supposed to be doing it this whole time. Jacob recognized her from before. She had light red-gold hair and fair skin with golden freckles sprinkled across her face. Is this me? A little bit. Oh, my God. Except I don't have a, a, a dimple on my chin. No, you don't. You don't like cars either. I got a pimple on my chin. Hey. hey Hey. We're relatable. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's borrowed, not stolen. 
Jacob snaps back, apparently having never heard of the concept of flirting. Who to thunk? I mean, I'm not that surprised. He literally falls in love with the first like girl that he sees. Yeah, that's and not at, on the reservation. And then spends months as a literal wolf. <laughs> when she like sucks. not interacting with humans. Yeah. The girl laughs off Jacob's overly aggressive response and introduces herself. Lizzie. Oh. She came over to make sure he was okay and to, well, more likely to check out his new car. Not only was she cute and funny, she also liked cars. What? A chick who likes cars? Color me surprised. Oh, she's cool. This was the, like, gamer girl. Yeah. Back before yeah, that was, ideal. like, a thing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. As she gushes over the rare vehicle, Jacob can feel his insides turn over. I mean, here was a pretty nice girl who liked cars as much as him, and all he could feel was nothing. No imprinting, not even regu- regular old love at first sight. Jacob finally realizes just how silly this whole stunt was. Magic wasn't going to save him. He had to deal with his problems like a man. Like a man. Like a big, beefy man. Like a big... <laughs> I don't know when I was going there. <laughs> I mean, it also, yeah, in retrospect, this whole section, it went nowhere. It's, uh, that's that's the thing. Okay, I said these were my favorite chapters. Actually, this part of the chapter Outside is, of this scene, it's, um, it's fine. Yeah, this it's is only kind like, of pointless. I mean, no, I, it has a point, Yeah, right, that he like needs to realize that... Um, this needed to be established earlier, though. This this was, like, very abrupt. But it's not that big a deal. It, I know, but it, it helps with his relationship with right, Leah. Right, it's just, That he's understanding her her side of things a little bit more. Right, but we did that already. That's the thing. And it's like, I feel like it was done better. But it's it it takes up, like, two pages. Yeah, so it's you not, know what, guys? It happened. Course. It happened. We're moving it's on. Over. At least they didn't go to Prague. <laughs> <laughs> only the real ones know what Yeah, only the real ones know that. <laughs> i.e. us. I know. It's a book we read. Right. On 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 the sly, we also are in another book club, right? And we're another This is a, this is a podcast, babe, not a book club. I like to think of it as a book club. <laughs> Fair enough. As long as you know we that we are recording this, right? Like you yeah. understand. Okay. P- other people are joining in on this book Whoa. club, but True. we have like a private book club. True. Yeah. Yeah, hot private cool book club. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? I don't know. I might cut a I lot I think we of should that. cut everything since Prague. <laughs> uh, Jacob gives Lizzie a brief goodbye and takes off back to Forks, back to the house, back to the torture he'd been running from. As he drives, he thinks that maybe having Leah as a companion wouldn't be so bad. It would be a little awkward, scary even, but when it came down to it, she was the only person who had a chance of understanding what he'd been going through. He didn't have to be alone. As he pulls into the garage, Jacob finds that Edward was already there waiting for him. What do you want now? Jake asks as he steps out out of the car. Edward asks him to keep better control over Leah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Good luck. I'm like, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you want to give that a shot? Big ask, my guy. Why don't you fucking control Bella? (laughs) Right? Stop fucking killing herself every five chapters. Uh, after he took off, Leah came to the house in her human form. I wonder if she put some clothes on or she was Not how I imagined it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I imagine her just not bothering. Just, I I imagine she understands what a power move that is. Yeah, really, being a full nude berating this woman. Just like super buff, cut, 
like like just, kicking a dog while it's down yeah, too, right? Because like Bella's br- half broken at this point. And half, she's, she's mostly broken. <laughs> well, she then proceeded to harshly criticize Bella for leading Jake on, causing him unnecessary pain, and. Bella has been crying ever since. I love how Edward describes it. This is one of my favorite lines where Edward describes it as Jacob being quite vehemently championed. It is a nice ring to it. it does and and it, and it really lets you know. Oh, she did. She didn't hold anything back. No. You know. Yeah, it was like one stream of consciousness monologue, hands on her hips, full nude, probably a finger point or two, and then she's out. <laughs> and then everyone's just like looking at each other, like. We all saw that, right? <laughs> we weren't imagining it. We saw that. All right. Just making sure. Edward catches Jacob up on Bella's condition. She was doing better now, aside from Leah's tirade and the resulting guilt. And the baby's, the baby's, mental, the fac- baby's. The baby's mental The baby's mental faculties were remarkably developed. So much so that it was able to understand when it was causing Bella pain and was now doing its best to avoid it. Now, did you call that? Did you think that would be a no, thing? No, I should have, though. That's another obvious one. I'm like, oh, well, he's hearing the baby, so the baby's going to like... He's going to be able to understand the mental but capacity if, of the baby. But if I thought that, I would have guessed this would have gone farther than yeah. just that. I would I would have overshot that idea. Yeah. It's too subtle for me. I wouldn't have guessed it. But if I thought about it, I could have guessed something like that. But gotcha. I would have thought it would have been like the baby's like, oh, oh this is, here's the secret to get me out. <laughs> the baby loved Bella. And Jacob could see that this was the turning point for Edward. He couldn't hate what loved Bella. That's why Edward could never hate him either. Which, uh, I'm going to push back against this a little bit. There's definitely a time Edward hated Jacob. Absolutely. So I don't buy this. I don't know if I, get, I agree with this logic yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward continues. The baby's progress was going faster than they expected. I, why didn't I predict this? That's so obvious. I know. That it would have a, that a, the, elevated mental capacities as well. Well, just as soon as they said four days, I'm like, well, it's going to be like one because they're going to piss off Jacob. <laughs> I should have called that. Edward continues. The baby's progress was going faster than they expected, and it was quickly running out of womb. Sorry, room. <laughs> It's good. It's a thank good you, one. Thank you. It's good. We just we got the laughs out ahead of time. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Carlisle was still gone searching for more blood to give the Bella, but he would be back by noon tomorrow. So once he returned, they were gonna deliver the baby. And of course, Jacob felt of, as if his legs had been knocked out from under him. Again, my once, guy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He was banking on those four days he had left with Bella. Stop doing that. Stop banking on dates, Jacob. She's got. You just... get hurt every time. You let her go. You went on this car trip for this exact thing. <laughs> you came back and then had the same reaction to the same problem. Stop doing this to yourself. Oh, you need I... therapy. You are in a cycle. After waiting a moment for Jake to catch his breath, Edward tells him that he's confident that Bella would make it. Being able to read the baby's mind was a huge help, and as long as they were proactive, he had no reason to think it wouldn't work. And now he just drinks it. I mean... And now everyone's going to die. Well, we'll Way get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Jacob's leg buckle for real this time, and he has to grab the car to stay upright. Edward's voice drops to a whisper. I'm truly sorry for the pain this causes you, Jacob. He tells Jacob that he thinks of him as a brother. Ooh. Not true. Um, anyways. Edward he thinks, thinks that. 
whatever. I hate this part. <laughs> really? I liked it. But fair enough. Uh, okay, you know me. I love me some, like, male-on-male companionship yeah. and love. But, like, this feels y'all were, like, enemies literally 24 hours ago. Hey, you know. But, okay, that's fine. Fair enough. Right. No, I, I I get your point. I also just don't like that brother that's way too close so soon. Yeah, well, because he quickly caveats it by saying, like, a... a, a uh, a friend, comrade. Uh, yeah, comrade in arms. I'm like, that's closer? Yeah, I would have rather him be like, comrade, and then we're like, you're a commie? Yeah, I would have rather him been like, look, we're here for Bella. Whatever you and I got, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever. Anyway, he, he, so, you're right. You know what? You've turned me. He is overselling it. So that he thinks of him as a brother, blah, blah, blah. But I do like this part, that he regrets the suffering he's endured. Like, I'm fine if he softens up. I just... Yeah. No, you're right. He's He's overdoing it. Yeah. But he assures him that Bella will survive, and that was all that really mattered. And here's what he was leading up to. Finally, here's the sale pitch. he asked Jake to do him one more favor. Uh, by the way, bro, uh, my brother. This, this is yeah. <laughs> just this do is something why real quick for me. We're laying it on real thick. You know, we're doing this for Bella, right? And we're um, bros. And this is where the the chapter title comes into play. Yeah. Um, uh, to give him permission to break from the treaty. So Edward wanted Jacob to give him permission to break from the treaty they agreed to with the Quileutes. Though Sam was the current pack leader, his authority is assumed. It was Jacob, Ephraim's black heir, that had the right to make this decision. Another win for absolutist monarchy. <laughs> Once again, just like Lord of the Rings... No matter what liberal ideals we spout, ultimately, we are trying to restore the, the monarchy. monarchy. Bring it back. <laughs> we don't need a steward. We want a king. <laughs> it is funny, though. Like, Lord of the Rings is about, like, bloodlines. It is, <laughs> It's truly. just, like, rightful blood heirs. I mean, they, the steward was also uh, Well, yeah. They, they did by... get lucky that the steward was a dick and Aragorn's, like, a truly good man. But what if it was a really good steward? It steward and then like he might have been like, we don't I've know come to take my realm and everyone's like fuck oh, off what? dude fuck. this is a democracy now the fuck <laughs> i mean he eats tomatoes weird but like he's his his like tax system is like yeah, really good maybe and, you pay your fucking taxes <laughs> and we'll think about it yeah <laughs> fucking rich kid running off as a fucking ranger Where for his gap we? year <laughs> I love this revisionism of Aragorn being a fucking, <laughs> fucking like trust fund kid yeah, who like I'm cosplayed like... as a soldier for a few years <laughs> before taking his before I... inheriting uh, the it's... position of CEO in his dad's firm. What you're describing actually makes me think of the Great. Yeah, how Peter yeah. is. Yeah, uh... right. That's how it would have really gone down. Yeah. Where? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Welcome to uh, Lord Lit. <laughs> The Lord of the Rings deep dive monarchy themed podcast. Oh God! Good thing there's only two chapters because we're making them very long. <laughs> Jacob asks for a minute to think things over and steps outside with Edward close behind him. Seth emerges from the brush with a low whimper. <laughs> Jacob pats his shoulder and assures him that everything was fine. See, that's a male on male. That's what we want. Comfort that I like to see. <laughs> He tells him to head back on patrol and make sure his sister backs off from the Collins for now. Seth trots off, and Edward tells Jake that Seth has one of the kindest minds he's ever heard. Also, that just warms the cockles in my heart. It's a great moment. 
Then both of their heads turn toward the house at the sound of sucking through a straw. Edward races inside, and a moment later, Jacob steps through the door. When he does, Bella looks at him with her usual infuriatingly beautiful smile. And then it falters, and her lips pucker like she was trying not to cry. Doing his best to keep what little composure he had, Jacob casually sits on the arm of the sofa next to Bella. She tries to apologize, but he stops her, saying that, well, they can just talk about it later. Um, is this whenever he, like, closes her mouth with his yeah, hands? Yeah, I, I didn't... actually really like this. Oh, okay. I didn't include it because I thought it was weird. No, it is weird, but I don't Jacob know. Jacob could pull it off. He's he's confident enough. Like, he, I just, it's cute. I did, and he's like, ah, don't say it. Mm. And I just, oh, yeah. I just like it. Hey, I don't know. I just like you, it. Works for you. I like touching. True. You're ta- more tactile I'm than very I am. tactile. I'm a tactile kind of friend. In her eyes, Jacob saw everything he'd been searching for in the park. But tomorrow, she would be someone else. Leah would be a good companion, Jacob thought. She'd be a true friend. Someone who understood him and would have his back. But she wouldn't be his best friend. Not the way Bella was. Jacob sighs and mentally gives Edward his approval. As Ephraim's heir, they had permission to turn Bella. Thank you. Edward whispers in a voice low enough that only Jacob could hear. Bella gets up and walks to the bathroom, but as she does, the cup of blood she's been holding spilled on the floor. Instinctively, she bends down to grab it, and a strange, muffled ripping sound emits from the center of her body. Bella lets out a startled, oh, and her body goes completely limp. Rose and Edward catch her, and a second later, Bella erupts into a blood-curdling shriek of agony. Her screaming is cut off with a gurgle as her eyes roll back and she vomits a fountain of blood. Of course, this all culminates with a moment of Bella being clumsy. You know. It was always leading to this. She's and I love, f- too, that she's like, I saw there's like seven other way faster hands yeah. appeared. When was the last time she bent over to pick something up? Like, yeah, you're it, a literal mountain right now, Of Bella. course she dropped something. The only way it could have been better, she literally tripped, fell on the baby, and it squished it out of her. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm calling it now. This this whole story is going to end with her like tripping and like accidentally like beheading the head of the Volturi. So she's going to, like, fall on him and, like, kill him in an accident. <laughs> Chapter 18. There are no words for this. That is excluding all the words that follow. Bella's body, streaming with red, convulsed in Rosalie's arms like she was being electrocuted. Edward and Rosalie shot up the staircase to the second floor. Edward yelled for morphine as Rose screeched for Alice to get Carlisle on the phone. Jacob follows them into what looked like an emergency room set up in the middle of the library. Oh, God, not the library. Save yes, the books. the library. Oh, any other room. Because I was like, well, maybe they cleared out the books. But I'm like, if Jacob recognized it as a library, then, then there's, there's all the books, books in there. Ah, what a waste. Rosalie held Bella down against the table, ripping her clothes out of the way while Edward jabbed a syringe into her arm. Well, at least she's getting vaccinated. But that's good. The placenta had detached and the baby was suffocating. Which happened to you? It did, yeah. Whenever I was a little babe, the placenta was um, tearing. Yeah, yeah, it was rupturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom had to go on bed rest. But he survived. Let's see if the babe does. Doubt it. <laughs> That'd be wild if the baby fucking dies. <laughs> Just fucking died, You're like, jeez, ooh. Damn. They say we're harsh on children. Yeah. 
At some point amid the chaos, Bella came to and screamed at the top of her lungs, begging them to get the baby out. Alice darts in the room and clips a small blue earpiece under Rosalie's hair. She then quickly backs away, her golden eyes wide and burning, while Rose hissed frantically into the phone. Rose's hand moves towards Bella's stomach, wielding a scalpel. Edward tells her to wait for the morphine to take effect, but there was no time. Her hand scrapes across Bella's stomach, sending blood pouring out like an open faucet. There was a shift in Rosalie's face. Her lips curled back from her teeth, and a glint appeared in her thirsty black eyes. Jacob launches his body into her, knocking her back towards the door. He can feel the scalpel plunge into his left arm. His free hand smashes against her jaw, blocking her teeth and airways. He sends a kick into her gut, sending her flying into the doorframe. Damn, Jake's been watching the Bourne trilogy. He's I mean... fucking badass, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. This is a great moment. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, the Jesus Christ, Jason Jesus Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> Alice wraps Jesus in... Jesus Christ, it's Ephraim's heir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zany. Uh... Alice wraps. Oh. Alice, rip, rip. sorry. Alice wraps her arm around. A... <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see my ADD? I <laughs> did. Like, oh, rap! I got to do a rap joke. <laughs> That's what this needs. Like, I was no. like, oh god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> why was I? Why am I like this? It was just such a immediate reaction to the word rap. I was like ashamed of myself. I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> oh my. Rap, rap. <laughs> oh, I got to do a rap. <laughs> And then my choice of rap was just saying the word rap. I know. Rhythmically. I didn't even have like a Before bit. Before you immediately gave up. <laughs> I knew it was bad. <laughs> Welcome to my world, babe. This is my fucking vibe. Oh, Lord. Oh, uh, God damn it. All right. Alice wraps her arm around Rosalie's. I'm going to read you. Yeah. You, you, your energy was still, you were still in the rap. Alice wrapped her arm around angry. <laughs> you're not mad at the script, babe. You're mad at me. That's going to be my example from now on when I describe it. It's like to have ADHD. It was not only the immediacy in which I went into a brap bit, but how quickly I went back on it and apologized. It was in a second. I think it was in one second. You literally said one word and backed up. <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> this is the most I think we've ever laughed. Uh, I, I I'm not sure why, where this came I from. I have no idea. This is the most dramatic episode. God, the editing's going to be a bitch. And we have to, and we have to release it tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Alice wraps her arm around Rosalie's throat and drags her out of the Sorry, room. No, we do that. <laughs> you didn't like that? Right, uh, right, Rosalie's throat. throat. <laughs> I, I think it's only bad because I saw you mime <laughs> throat. <laughs> What happened? Did I'm, someone I'm spike a our drink? Wine drug. I just oh, maybe that's it. Wine. Jesus Christ! It's, oh God. Okay. It's a toilet pod. Red leather, yellow leather. It was running out of womb. <laughs> Alice wraps her arm around Rosalie's throat and drags her out of the room. The little blue speaker lay cracked and broken on the floor. That speaker, guys, it's a Bluetooth. It's not like a headphone. Is before they had True. headphones. Yeah, I guess we it was like just clear. like w- one of those Bluetooth things that yeah. you saw all the CEOs. And wearing. they were on. She was on phone with Carlisle. Why that wasn't Edward who got the Bluetooth? We'll never know. Who knows? Why they let Carlisle go out at any point? 
beyond me. So close to the labor. Yeah. You don't think Emmett could muscle his way into some blood? (laughs) If Emmett came into my blood bank, he's like, you're going to give me your blood. I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know what? You you, you could have. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Clearly, me saying no is not going to stop you, so I'm going to prevent my death and give you the blood now. Jacob had to give her credit. Despite her bloodthirst, Rose never tried to fight back. She let him throw her body around so she could get away from Bella. At Edward's order, Jacob starts administering CPR. Another crack erupts from inside of Bella, the loudest one yet, and her legs go limp, sprawled out unnaturally on the table. Jacob bends over Bella's head and desperately breathes into her mouth. Her lips tasted like blood. You could hear her heart, thumping away, pathetic and uneven. And next to him, you heard the soft, wet sound of a scalpel tear across her stomach, followed by the patter of blood dripping to the floor. But it was the next sound that sent a jolt through Jacob's body. It was wretched and unnatural, like metal being shredded apart. The sound brought back memories from the clearing, the tearing sound of newborns being ripped limb from limb. Jacob looks over to see Edward dragging his face across Bella's abdomen, vampire teeth one of the few things capable of piercing vampire skin. Jacob shouts desperate pleas to Bella, her eyes wheeled around the room searching for someone to help her, but seeing nothing. Bella suddenly goes still, and from behind him, Jacob hears Edward whisper, Renesmee. Oh, God, so we're really doing this. We're really going for Renesmee? It's it's going down. I mean, I'm not going to argue with her now, but, you know, like, you you sure? Just wait. Bella chokes out a soft, broken whisper. Give her to me. Jacob could feel something warm touch his arm. He should have been alarmed. Nothing felt warm to him. But he couldn't take his eyes off Bella's face. Bella gasps in pain, and Edward swiftly snatches the bloody thing from her arms. From just above her left breast, fresh blood welled up from a small, double-crescent bite mark. Bella's eyes rolled into the back of her head, and with a final, strained glump, Her heart faltered and went silent. Within a second, Jacob's hands were on her chest, giving her rhythmic compressions. His eyes blurred with tears as he relentlessly switched between chest compressions and delivering air to her mouth. Her heart beat reluctantly under under his demanding hands, but went silent the moment they left. Edward asked Jacob to take the baby, but he refused to leave Bella's side. Throw it out the window, he snarls. Rosalie then appears in the doorway, the bloodlust free from her eyes, and offers to take the child. Edward gives Rose the baby and takes Jacob's place at Bella's side. He plunges a silver syringe of his venom directly into her heart and orders Jacob to continue his compressions. I, and I don't mean this as a bit. I do really like the throw it out the window line. Yeah. Because it was, it was very earnest. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. that baby. I don't care. Like, literally the personal why... love is right here. Yeah. You know, like that is the symbol of that person's death. Like, totally not as a bit. I truly like that line. It was a very honest, like, I don't give a fuck about that moment. Yeah. You know? Very too, Jacob. Very, a very Jacob way to express that. Exactly. Yeah. Jacob can hear a small jolt in Bella's heart as Edward moves across her body, brushing his lip against her, brushing his lips against her throat, arms, and wrists. His pale tongue swept along the bleeding gashes, his venom sealing the wounds instantly. But neither Jacob's strength nor Edward's venom was enough to save her now. They were two desperate men attempting to draw life from a corpse. Jacob knew it was over. She was dead. 
He knew for sure because the pull towards her was gone. The invisible strand that had for so long colored his thoughts and guided every choice he made was irrevocably severed. Go then, Edward snaps as he knocks away Jacob's hand, breaking several fingers. Jacob steps back and numbly straightens them back into place. Edward takes his place, pressing against her chest. She's not dead. She's going to be fine, he growls to himself. Jacob slowly turns and walks out of the room, leaving the two dead creatures behind him. That was an amazing. I, I feel like you really channeled the intensity and yeah. desperation from that moment. Thank because you. Because it read very similar to how I think Stephanie Meyer. Thank you. I worked really hard on that one in particular because that was such a great moment. It really was. I really, it's so powerful. I'm glad you said that because I was really trying to capture that because. I was tearing up reading this. Like it was a beautiful, like it was yeah. a harrowing scene. It really um, was. And I, I loved so many parts of it. I loved the 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 combination of Jacob doing the human thing, compressing her chest, giving her CPR. Edward doing the unnatural thing, and both of those not being enough still. Yeah. And I, I didn't put this as like my favorite moment, or maybe I should have, or whatever. So I'm saying this all now, but I just found that scene really beautiful yeah. and very well done by Meyer. And I was just trying to do my best to make that clear because it's a very beautiful moment yeah and I, I think good, it, yeah good piece of writing and actually one for, of on my part. one of my other favorite lines would have been the part where it's like uh like working on a corpse of the woman you yeah. loved yeah like mm-hmm. just that it's just, just just like trying to get water from stone jacob wanted to fry his brain to burn away everything he had just witnessed he'd happily take on any kind of brain damage be rid of the sound of the snapping and tearing of bella's body and the blood-choked screams that followed. He wanted to run out of the house and never stop, but his legs were heavy as iron, and his body felt more exhausted than it ever had before. So he shuffles down the stairs and stops to rest on his final step. Next to him, Jacob notices Rosalie sitting on the sofa with her back to him, cooing and murmuring to the blanket-wrapped thing in her arms. She must have heard him coming down the stairs, but she was too caught up in her moment of stolen motherhood to care. She finally had her baby and no Bella to come and take it away from her. Jacob wondered if this was Rose's plan all along. I love that line of uh, stolen motherhood. Stolen mother, yeah. yeah. I really yeah. also love that. The scent of blood hung in the air. As he listened to Bella's executioner feeding, Jacob felt his strength return. A burning red heat washed across his body, fueled by the images in his head. Sam had been right, Jacob thought. The thing was an abomination, a black, soulless creature with no right to exist. He felt something tugging him towards the monster. He had to destroy it. Jacob stood up, fully aware of what his choice would mean. Rose would try to kill him, and probably the rest of the Cullens, too. He could probably take down most of them, but he knew he wouldn't have it in him to kill Edward. It would be too kind. He wanted Edward to live with what he'd done. His body trembled tight and fast, but the blonde vamp still didn't notice. She set the metal bottle down and picked up the baby to nuzzle her face against its cheek. The new position left the baby open for Jacob to strike, and as he stepped closer, the pull towards the creature grew. So strong, it reminded him of an alpha's command, but this time he wanted to obey. The creature looked over Rosalie's shoulder and gazed into Jacob's eyes stopping him in his tracks. 
its eyes were the same warm milk chocolate brown as Bella's and filled with a focus well beyond its age. Jacob's shaking stopped and a new kind of warmth flowed through him, and suddenly the baby was glowing. Jacob's insides came undone as all the strings that tied him to his life were sliced away. His love for Bella, his loyalty to his tribe, all his family, every friend and every enemy disappeared in an instant. In their place was a single tether made of a million strings connecting him to the new center of his universe. It was no longer the Earth's gravity which held him in place. It was the tiny baby girl in front of him. From upstairs, there was a new sound. A frantic pounding, a racing beat, a changing heart. Ooh. Oh, shit! Damn! How Dude. bad do you think Meyer wanted to name this book A Changing Heart? But had I mean, to keep a theme going. I had going. to keep a theme going. I, that I is do a book like that. Title right there, A Changing Heart. I really, yeah. Ooh. By the way, guys, that, that last, those last like two sentences Spencer just read yeah. were straight from the book. Yeah, those are word for word. Yeah, um, don't give me any credit. Yeah, those... that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> right. Yeah, which they were just so good, I didn't want to no, change I, a fucking no, thing. There, yeah, there's no way you could have done it better. Exactly. Um, and and also, this is the kind of moment I want to point out. This is why. Stephanie Meyer is a great author. She's a great. This like it ties in so many things. Yeah, and that she we've talked about and built on before. Right, and she executes it fantastically. Like yeah. it, it, she nails it in the literal line for line texts, and like you're saying, the building, the build up, the uh, setups of everything. Yeah, she's. It's just like like Ooh-wee. low bar, but. This is the kind of things I see Twilight get compared to. But, like, you can't find anything in the entirety of the Fifty Shades trilogy that approaches this kind of writing. You know, like, I know that sounds like like overkill, but, like, I'm just saying because this is why we do this podcast. Like, or at least this is why I wanted to. Because I knew going in, I was sure this was going to happen. Because that's why these books are popular. Yeah. Because they're good. And you have good moments. They're cheesy and there's dumb parts and all that. But, like, I just wanted to point that out because like, I'm passionate about this thing. And this is what a good author does. Yeah. She and sets I, it up and she nailed it. And I think it was an excellent ending to Jacob's right. part of the story. Perfect. And and, right. it, and it, it makes a lot of sense, too, why she chose Jacob for these parts, right? right? Like, it starts with him leaving the pack and mm-hmm. it ends with... Like the oh, the other most transformative moment of his life. Yeah, beyond right, exactly. reading the pack is exactly. And so I just. Ah! Oh, and don't you worry, little chickadees. Uh, we're gonna keep that. That's gonna come up later. We're gonna be talking more about all this shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but for right now, only two gonna... chapters. But I wrote a chapter's worth for my piece. So well, I did short. But before we move on, uh, let's yeah. go ahead and take a quick break. Yeah, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. We're back, and we're continuing our discussion of the Nirvana album cover baby. Wrong podcast. Oh, shit. That's our uh, Nirvana album cover theme podcast, which, (laughs) thank God we got some content for that. Uh, We were really running out of things to talk about (laughs) before this news came out. (laughs) Well, let us go ahead and discuss our personal proclivities of this week's chapter. So, Spencer, tell me, please, besides the entirety of chapter 18... Uh, what was your favorite moment? So uh, I'm going to name a couple just because uh, my actual favorite we, we talked about. But it, it's that moment Jake realizes Bella's dead. Um, oh, yeah. And we kind of discussed that. It, and Where he we, has like this inherent feeling. And, and he's like, and, it's gone. Whatever yeah. was 
connecting me to this person is no longer there. And that's, it's that cliche quote that everyone attributes to whoever they want, where it's like, you die twice, once with your body and once people forget you or whatever. But it's kind of like that where she was like, her heart stopped being a while ago, but there was a moment when Jacob felt her death. Right. And And I also think it's important too that he, he gives up on her in that moment. Whereas Edward doesn't, which, which further like, makes the point that you know edward is the right one for her jacob wasn't meant to be yeah he cares for her but mm-hmm. at this moment he gives up right but and exactly and it's because she's no longer a human that is over yeah her chance of being a human is done and that's why she couldn't be with jacob and like also, you said he's yeah. feeling the pull from somewhere else now. right exactly and, and it all ties in there but you're you're right in that point but yeah the, the human thing is done yeah and he was only connected to bella as a human but so my other one was was uh, Ed- edward telling jake like you know seth is one of the purest kindest minds i have ever heard yeah like you're lucky to you're lucky to... he was and jake's like yeah i know i i true because jake started out as like a quirky fun character I, I or not jake seth. seth i know no i never would have guessed like seth would be like my favorite character in the I series know, post but... eric because he was funny in, in the first one but i thought he was gonna be like a, a snarky like annoying kid like but the, no but he was like oh he's just like a beautiful little summer child <laughs> he is. and when he's like at the wedding he's just like this like pure like imp of a boy who like i i keep imagining him as like eight i don't no, know why but he's in I high mean, school but you know what i mean yeah but he's just pure and he he does he, like he truly he's so empathetic and kind and and like it's great, he's and, great and like genuine it's yeah. like if one person deserves a happy ending it's fucking Seth. It's, Seth. it's no it. one else but him. Yeah, Seth's earned it because he's suffered. Not that, sorry. No, the, but his conscience is is clean and is so clean. The only person who I would say has uh, is maybe even close is Carlisle. Although right. Carlisle did take decisions away from people when converting them right. as they were saying. So that's why I would say Carlisle isn't the best. Seth is because right. he also still has that innocence, and he hasn't had to face that yet. Which you know, for what it's worth. I would say a bigger thing on Carlisle is him leaving the house at any point. <laughs> You're neglecting your duties, Carlisle. Uh, speaking of Seth, uh, I thought you could just buy blood. Uh, yeah, Seth. Mr. Blood Guy. Mr. Mr. Doctor Man. Looks like Man. he can't just buy it if he's yeah. got to go seek other avenues. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck were those other avenues? Anyways, you want to know my favorite moment? <laughs> I want to I want to talk about Carlisle leaving this house more. No, You're kidding. not allowed to talk about blood anymore. What? Am I fired? Please tell me I'm fired from my job. Blood boy's fired. Well, do you want to know my favorite moment? I would love to know your favorite moment. Okay, so my favorite moment's actually the imprinting moment. Um, right. Not for, like, the imprinting itself. It's I just really like what Stephanie Meyer did in that she brought back the same type of, like, vocabulary she was using before right. when referencing, like, uh, it's like gravity, it's the like, center of their universe yeah. changes, yeah. Uh, and and just it, when you read it, it's not it explicitly clear. Like he doesn't say that. He, oh, he imprinted. Right. Uh, he, she describes how it feels for him to be imprinted, mm-hmm. and I just feel like that's such a powerful moment, and it's so well written, and it just mm-hmm. 
blew my fucking mind the first time I read it. It, it was fantastic. And, and it, it perfectly captures that thing where people t- describe something to you and you don't believe it until you feel it. Yeah, and it was exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh, it was like they were saying, but also so much yeah, more. Exactly. You know? It's like yeah. it is this grandiose thing and, yeah. and you don't yeah, realize yeah. it. But that was my favorite moment. So Spencer, what was your favorite line? What was my favorite line that you didn't take? That uh, I didn't take. Well, okay. That's kidding. I, I chose it first, but you wrote it first. It doesn't matter because there's so many great lines. So this one, uh, both of us truly like as well. And uh, we actually talked about it earlier. And it, it, I think some people might find it weird, but I found it truly beautiful. And I really like this line. So it's when Rosalie is tearing up Bella's clothes so they can you know, you know, get, yeah. get the babe out. So she, she, yeah, get access to her and all that. And uh, uh, Jacob looks on and he says, how many times had I imagined her naked? And now I couldn't look. I was afraid that had these memories in my head. It, it, it is, like you had said, it, it's definitely like a teenage boy thing to do, but it's also like seeing this like grotesque bastardization of a dream. Goddess, right, like, like yeah, again, like how had. many times had he imagined her right. naked? Like, like casually, like intensely, like in every way possible. Like, and then it's he's presented with this thing like, he thought about in, in, but in dis- tainted, tainted now. and dirty and horrific and him his first thought being like i don't want to lose the image i had created because that's like precious to me because it is the sacred thing that i just i had molded in my mind and, and it's sexual but I, but i think that it's so honest because it is yeah being sexual makes it so honest and i love that moment and i'm glad she kept it because i could see people like not liking that line right but, but i found it, it truly I, great again yeah it's it's the honesty and that's also what i love about ya lit is that yeah. it it a lot of people like to think, oh, yeah, boys are nasty and gross. All they think about is sex. But, like, I mean, it. yeah, I guess that's true to an extent. But also there's, right. like, a, a bunch they, of emotions that are happening they, at this yeah. time. And and so what if they always think about sex, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if... It doesn't mean they're... It's, it, it doesn't... Yeah. It, it doesn't, doesn't make mean, it dirty. It doesn't make it insincere in yeah, any way. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're, they're, they can, they don't feel as much. Right. And you I, know? I, I just love that moment. I thought that was such a real touch. And it's something... That I'll say, like, uh, it's not quite the same thing, but being a healthcare worker, like, I've seen um, the times I've had to go in to see patients. I don't normally do that. But, you know, you see fucking generals and stuff. And it is a weird juxtaposition, and it is unnerving, and you can't help but think about, like, that's that's a vagina, that's a penis, and, like, these, like, taboo things. And you're seeing it in this medical, weird gross context that yeah and you can't and you also feel the weird guilt about even thinking about it that way and so it's a very honest moment i really liked it Um, i agree i agree so yeah rant about that but uh good choice (laughs) but uh, i think but you have the line that i think both of us agree is probably the best line and maybe the the whole book it's the best yeah go ahead i'm gonna say yeah but there was nothing there just me just him working over a corpse because that's all that was left of the girl we both loved. This broken, bled out, mangled corpse. We couldn't put Bella together again. Yeah, and I fucking great. love that because I goddamn hate when people do the Humpty Dumpty shit. I didn't yeah. like it when Taylor Swift did it, okay? No, yeah. It's, um, it's it's a hard line to walk. But God damn it, it she is so it. good here. She yeah. does this so good. Well, because she sets it up. 
uh, at a paragraph before, I don't remember the exact words, but it's something like, all the king's horses, all the king's men, right. and like dot, 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 like trails off a couple lines, and then you get this line, and it's a paper-thin line to make this, to ru- almost ruining this moment. You know, she could have, this is a it, it very, very easily But the fact that she, wrong. I think she separated the, the actual reference to the, the, to the rhyme, and then then put this and she doesn't quite say it it works really well yeah but uh, it, also it's very jacob jacob thinks in like cliches he, right, all exactly. the time oh god you, you beat me to it that's exact <laughs> oh i'm i am getting goosebumps i'm so in love with you yes that is exactly it he thinks in these cliches he he is it's a childlike response to yeah. a, a trauma the, the, and that's what it feels like if you, that if you are jacob and you're thinking of of like a futile uh, attempts at trying to repair something that's what comes to your mind and and it's so honest again because that's what happens in these moments you think of these dumb things in these most insane moments like you hear about that all the time people yeah. have the most obtuse thoughts in in the most horrific scenarios and it's just great it worked perfect moi you did it Steffi M. listen guys if you ever read fucking anything you have to read jacob's chapters yeah, in it, breaking dawn yeah it's I, just I, mwah. You, you've told me that this is these are your favorite chapters in the whole series and i can't imagine they're not gonna be mine they're fantastic yeah um i think i'm excited to finish the story and stuff but these i think this is every oh, wow, all wow, the wow, mo- wow wow i've been waiting yeah. for this the, everything about the plot was waiting for this moment it's fantastic yeah well okay Whew. we've really beaten this fucking dead horse am i right and it's hot, yeah. and I got to go to sleep in 45 minutes. <laughs> so now that we've established our faves, uh, let's go take a leisurely walk down our local manhole. And make sure you bring your lantern as we explore, explore the, the lore. lore. Spencer, what have you learned? What's to come? Luckily, not a whole lot. Right. Not a whole lot like that happened. So we, we see that Jacob's status as Ephraim's heir it allows him to just kind of make changes to the treaty, you know, big ups to monarchy. Fuck you, Sam, I guess. Uh, I mean, but I mean, technically it's true, right? I mean, yeah. So we, we see kind of how deep that um, that idea goes here. Yeah. I mean, because like no one else but Jake would have been able to stand up to Sam, you know, yeah. oh, and yeah. form his own back. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then we also, it, it, it's not quite in the spirit of what we learned but but we really see how truly dedicated edward is to bella and that he's not tempted for a moment by bella's by the blood and and rose who is more invested in this going well than anybody she is like if anyone was going to be able to get over a bunch of blood being spilled here would have been rose right well rose has never had human blood and even she couldn't handle but edward didn't even flinch i think the only one who may would have been fine is carlisle Carlisle, he's been the only other one again because he's just gone so long with that human but i don't think it affects and and like not to mention like alice alice couldn't even be in the fucking room she didn't even try I don't know. We don't know if Jasper and Edmund are in the state at this point. I, I think they've <laughs> shipped them off to like do quote unquote research. I haven't heard about them. Uh, I know they're in the house. But don't mm-hmm. nitpick me. They're, I think they, they left with are they, or I know they're around. And Carlisle, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went to go feed. Carlisle went to go blood. And then they were going to. I'm saying I'm not actually saying that they're out of state. Gotcha. In case anyone's mad. Uh, and so the baby has Bella's eyes, which I is key. I love that. I love that. But the key thing is that it doesn't have black eyes like a vampire. Right. Um, and then. Something we've known, but Jacob has imprinted on the baby, the rapper, and also the baby, Renesme. Renesme. So who has a worse name? Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so my prediction, a quick movie prediction. I think they're gonna recycle. I was just thinking about this earlier. They're gonna recycle that scene of Alice and Edward playing chess because I don't think that was ever in a movie. Mm. 
Mm. That was from a previous book. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to recycle that scene to be used to uh, create recreate the book cover. Okay. You know? Right, where it's... Uh, where it's the chess pieces yeah. on the book, which they've only... They didn't do for uh, Eclipse, right? But they did for the other ones? No, Eclipse was a ribbon. Okay, so they had that? It's, it was a ribbon that flew out of Bella's right, hair right, right, right. when she's running through the... And they did it for Twilight, but not New Moon. Right. Okay. And then, when I forgot to write down, funny enough, I don't understand how it's going to work, but it this is what I... It feels like everything's leading up to, is that the somehow... The baby being a, a halfway between vampire and human is going to make her vaguely a werewolf because it has the same number of chromosomes and they establish that it's warm to Jacob and mm-hmm. nothing's warm to Jacob. Right. So it means it's not vampire-like, really, if it's warm. Okay. So, oh, you think she's going to have more wolf features than and, vamp and, and, features? And, well, yeah, and I, sorry, this is kind of a cheap prediction because I, I i'm not sure how it's going to work because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but i have to predict it because that's what i see is happening but it's gonna be, but jacob's imprinting and they've established that imprinting is for preservation of the werewolf so i think it's gonna be werewolf like in some mm. way it's gonna have some kind of werewolfism I will I will make a prediction before I read the next chapters, and I'll set it up the next one when I think about it more. Okay. And I'll give a more solid what I actually think this means. Thank you. Because I'm still wrestling with it's it. It's a little messy. I'm it's messy, but I'm just establishing now, but I will give a prediction, and I will tell you before I start reading the next chapters what I actually think it will mean. But okay. that's where I'm at right now. All right. Oh, boy. Here we go. That's right, guys. It's time to take a journey down the road to pretension as we take a classic piece of literature and see how it compares. See how it compares to this week's chapters. Except, well, probably not surprised that once again we're going to be doing something that's not that. As we leave Jake's mind for the final time, I wanted to take a look at the character and what he has meant to the series. So this week, no comparisons. All Jacob. I'm just going to talk about it. I'm yeah. going to do a little essay here. So let's just let's just get into it. Don't worry about structure. I didn't. <laughs> so Jacob Black is is an unusual character because in many ways he is more suited to be a main character than the series' actual protagonist. He has a defined and dynamic character arc that sees him grow, both physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. but mostly physically, throughout this course of, throughout the course of each book. We watch him struggle and suffer along the way to finding self-acceptance. Now, compare this to Bella, who has mostly had the same goals and desires for about three and a half books now. And none of this is to say that Bella shouldn't be the protagonist or is a bad character. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. Not having a character art doesn't mean a character doesn't grow. They're, those are different things. And I think character has Bella has grown as a character and is interesting, but she doesn't fit in those typical character arcy dynamics that people like yeah, to do. Yeah, and I think that's on purpose, too, because Stephanie Meyer wants you to imagine yourself in Bella's place right and that is because after all this is not a coming of age story this is a romance exactly. that is a key difference here yes so I guess when I say a typical story I'm saying in what's typically made into big movies it becomes popular is that hero's journey kind of thing right. which in a lot of ways Twilight is unique in that way so while interesting and good are subjective terms it would be hard to argue that Jacob isn't the most dynamic character in the series So let's take a look at Jacob's ever-evolving role in the Twilight Saga. As we talked about on the show before, Jacob was actually originally just meant to be a plot device to lead Bella to discover Edward was a vampire. But as Meyer kept writing, she found herself drawn to the character and and expanded his role in the series. 
so in New Moon, we see him become a rival and a foil to Edward. The quirky one-off side character was now an antagonist, feeling most of the emotional conflict of both New Moon and Eclipse. And as a foil, he highlighted Edward and, to an extent, Bella's flaws, which actually made the characters that much more believable and interesting. Yes. This allowed the relationship to be tested and grow and helped keep the story interesting and fresh for the reader. And if you're around for the movies coming out, you'll know that Jake and Ed- Edward's rivalry, by far the most talked about part of the, the story. Most, it's Edward like, versus Jacob. Yeah, like Team Edward versus Team Jacob. It was so ubiquitous, it, it was a meme. Like, it was it was a cliche. Like, it is, it is scarred into the psyche of our culture. It truly <laughs> has. It, it is, I couldn't have put it better myself, babe. <laughs> the scar, I think, peaked with the infamous line, and I'm just guessing because I wasn't really in this at the time, but I'm guessing it peaked with the line, I'm, I'm hotter, hotter than, than you. you. I didn't even read that, but I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> I feel, I, I can I just am tell. I hotter than you. I feel like that's where the really the fervor reached its max. <laughs> you can hear the ladies swooning. <laughs> but within the story, Edward versus Jacob was a real question, at least for Bella for a time, and her choice acted as a turning point for her character and for the series. When Eclipse ends, so does Jacob's role as a foil to Edward. In fact, the book ends with him running off directionless and alone into the wilderness, leaving the audience to wonder what was left for Jacob now that his primary function in the story was gone. But au contraire. Yeah, and and that's what I talked about before. I, I often think about New Moon and Eclipse as two halves of one part of the story i agree i it's agree twilight those books that story and then this Breaking one Dawn, yeah so while being edward's rival was undoubtedly jacob's most popular role i think his best role was his last as an outsider mm. now last week we talked about how one of the reasons meyer chose to write from jacob's pov was that or point of view was that an outsider was to get an outsider's perspective to see how bella and edward's relationship looked to someone who was new to it, who wasn't in it from the beginning. Now, making such a drastic change was a big gamble for her final book in the series, but it was one that, as we can attest, paid <laughs> off in dividends. Yes. That was fantastic. Yes. Some of the funniest and most heart-wrenching moments so far have come from this chapters, and I'd argue even probably Meyer's best writing. I agree. Just on a line-to-line I just, base. I totally agree. The only, I think Twilight was, was fantastic, her nature writing, but, I mean, it peaks here, I think. This I, is the best thing she's written so y'all far. Y'all wonder why I've been Team Jacob this whole time. I, I, I get it now. So injecting a new voice in the series was refreshing, but also surprisingly insightful. Bella's unmatched ability to rationalize absurd situations <laughs> like could often make us forget just how, for lack of a better term, and I tried to find one, fucked up the story is sorry mom <laughs> sorry i truly tried to find a more like authorly way to write that but i found the mo- i found what encapsulated how i felt yeah. best was it's just fucked up it is girl is drinking human blood out of silly straws while a vampire human hybrid fetus is slowly killing her from the inside out but like aggressively killing like aggressively her. yeah like yeah, I should have like wrote breaking slowly. Her, I mean, slowly and painfully breaking her apart. I, I'd say not slowly, more, more so meticulously. Yes. Okay. Uh, unrelentingly. <laughs> but in her mind, she's just having a baby. <laughs> she's just thinking about names. Not- so Bella. So Bella. So uncreative names. <laughs> 
So seeing this from Jacob's perspective not only keeps the story fresh, it reminds us of the stakes as we ramp up to the conclusion of this part of the story. I mean, it's impossible to imagine Twilight now without him, but that could have very easily been the case. Mm -hmm. And so from an author's perspective, Jacob is a testament to following your instincts and trusting that the story itself will lead you to where it needs to go. Yeah. Trust in what the story is telling you. I, I think I'm not too much of a wooey gooey, wishy washy kind of person in that way. But, but man, Jake but, but gets like, you. It, well, no, but <laughs> I, you there. I, I met more and so like sometimes you have, I don't think in these abstract ways all that often, but you have to let a story tell itself. Yeah. You have to let it guide you sometimes. And I think Meyer did that in this case. And I think this is a perfect example of how you have to do that. Jacob was clearly like a character that needed more. Yeah. And she gave it and then it led her here. And I think that's a testament to her as an author. Absolutely. For me, Jacob's story is a journey of learning to accept change. He was at the beginning just a normal kid from a small town with a crush on a girl. Then he learned the silly stories his dad used to tell him were true. And suddenly he wasn't a normal kid. He was a monster. And that girl he liked was in love with a different kind of monster, one that he was bred to kill. But he still loved that girl. Up until the moment she died, he was in love with her. But in that same moment that she passed, he learned that he was meant for someone else. He was meant for the person who just killed the girl he thought he loved. Try dealing with that. Fate can be so cruel. It truly can be. <laughs> And throughout the book, Jacob was often rude, obnoxious, cruel, judgmental, and all-around dickish. But like we said with Leah, you can understand it to an extent. I mean, we all remember the horrors of puberty, and Jacob was dealing with puberty times a freaking hundred on top of being drafted into a weird supernatural race war. But over time, especially in these last few chapters, Jacob has learned to accept others into his life like Carlisle and Leah and Seth. And even with the impeding death of his best friend looming over him, he allowed those people into his life. So I mentioned last week that I wrote a piece on Jacob comparing him to a Mountain Goat song. I decided not to include it because I wanted to go more broad on the Jacob's arc as a character as we're kind of concluding a lot about him. But uh, there, there was one part I thought was still relevant. So uh, there's a live bootleg where John Darneal introduces a song with a story from his time living as a drug addict it, for, from the album that I mentioned last week. He ends the story with the line, You may think to yourself, I wish I had a song to sing. You may only hold that thought for a second or so, but I heard you when you thought that, and that's why I wrote you this song. Behind the boisterous, snarky attitude, Jacob was ultimately just a teenager with no idea of what he was doing and trusted with a level of responsibility most people will never have to deal with. He was lost in his pain and his confusion, but he was never alone. No matter what he did to her, Bella believed in him. And soon, Edward did as well. And then Leah and Seth. They all saw what he couldn't. A future. Jacob's journey in many ways has come to an end. He has found the song that he had needed all along. And I can't wait to hear it. 
Wow, babe, that was very well put. Thank you. I love that. Oh, thanks. I'm glad I saved it for this week. I think it worked out perfect. It's perfect. Thanks. It's a perfect fitting to the end of Jake's yeah. story here. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I, it worked because it was so short, but you know, but I'm sad that it was so short. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited to keep going, but this, I think, this was really, in a lot of ways, the emotional climax of the story, if not the plot climax. I think I've mentioned that before. But, yeah. Um, uh, I will post on our Facebook a link to this video where he tells the story. My like comfort when I'm having tough times. I yeah. listen to this video because the song they play is also beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to cry. I, I'm like literally trying not to burp. Yeah. No, I mean, I that, I mean that. that genuinely. <laughs> I'm also about to cry, but mostly it's burp. Uh, so I'll link that so you guys can listen to that if you want. I'll post that on our, our, our Facebook page. But yeah, it just reminded me of this moment. But you know. Enough, enough sad, enough sad okay. emotional talk. Unless that's what you have, because no, it's, it's your not, turn. Mine's not emotional. Oh, good, good. Let's let's end a little more chill. Yeah. Can you imagine if I ended the pot every week? Oh yikes! <laughs> Everyone would be sad. We'd all cry ourselves to sleep. Which is how I do it. I want you to join me. <laughs> but no, Jess, let's let's pull off this road to pretension and pull into the bus station. Oh. Public transport people save the I'm environment. I'm here for it. Pulling to the bus station, things we didn't know. You tell us what we need to know, babe. Hey, y'all. I'm back this week with a little smorgageborg of facts from our girl, Steffi M., much like last week. Um, And so this time, it's pertaining to naming Bella's child Renesmee. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. We are not, babe, we are not the only two people who feel like that is a terrible fucking name. I fucking hope so. <laughs> uh, apparently, so does everyone else. Enough Good. so that Stephanie Meyer actually had to say something about it. So She needs to atone. Here's what I got for you. I hope it's apology. You'll like it. <laughs> she says, I was lost in fantasy land. And she said this shortly after Breaking Dawn 2 came out. I'm someone who strongly believes in reality with real children's names. You don't monkey you don't monkey around with people's names. Whether they become a stripper or a lawyer, <laughs> in large part has to do with the name you give them. I think you have to be responsible with your kid's name. I would never name a real child Renesme. Which is unfortunate to say a lot of people have named their child Renesmee. I was gonna say, I was like, I bet she's caused this name to become real. Yeah. Uh yeah, it is a thing. And that's why she had to make that point. Like fucking stop naming your kids that. This is a fantasy story. Yeah. The most fantastical part being that this is a viable name. Absolutely. And you know, Stephanie uh she goes on to give a reason why she chose that kind of name. Yeah. Uh she says, I could not have named this child Lindsay. You name her something that already exists, and it's wrong. You have to pick a name that was completely and totally unique, which opens you up to some heckling. She said, I've taken my heckling. I totally get it. But it's the least unique. That's my problem. It is absolutely the least unique possible name. Well, it's unique as in uh, it's it's not a real name. (laughs) Yeah, because it's two names smashed together in the least creative way. So that brings me to my next thing that I've been waiting for. I will say real quick, I'll give her credit. It, it is not the least unique name or laziest name. DJ is lazy. That is much worse. And then also, I, I, I Alba re- Severus. Renesme is better than Alba Severus. I agree because at least Renesme was turned into one name. Yeah, 
Albus Severus, Albus Severus is akin to Edward Jacob. Yeah, Albus Severus, better than Edward Jacob. Correct. Worse than Renesmee. Correct. That is our final standing on that subject. Yes. So, this leads me to my favorite trend I've seen on the interwebs. And so, apparently, nobody on the internet actually uses Renesmee's actual name when referencing her. Ever. Like, literally ever. Instead, they use literally any other word that begins with the letter R. Oh. (laughs) So, for example, I have an extensive list, and I'm going to read it out to you. I got it from, uh, it was a master thread uh, from, what is it from? I don't know what subreddit it's from, but it's like, what are your favorite Renesmee nicknames? So, (laughs) Resume, Renaissance, Ratatouille, (laughs) Riceroni, Rasputin, (laughs) Rheumatoid arthritis, <laughs> remdesivir, <laughs> rectal thermometer, ravioli, rhododendron, <laughs> remedial math. <laughs> That's my favorite so far. <laughs> remedial math. Remedial math. Stop that. Robitussin, <laughs> rutabaga, fucking literally any resentment. Yeah, just any R-E name. Reconnaissance. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, okay, if you ever find yourself on Twilight TikTok. Which, Which I will once we, once I finish reading the book, I will. Please do. But literally, like, any time you hear someone referencing Renesmee, they it, do not use her name. They use some random R word. And this. it's so fucking funny because sometimes it. it takes me out of it. I'm like, wait, what are they talking Ooh. about? And I'm like, oh, duh, right. It's Especially Renesmee. when you use, like, remdesivir, like, like <laughs> stuff that's, like, relevant in the news cycle, you know? <laughs> that could get, the remdesivir is going to be our daddy swan like i'm using that uh, from now on. it just tickles me to my core I love it. you know um and so i thought you know everybody else could jump in on this bandwagon oh, and yeah. from here on out we're going to instead of using renesmee's yeah. name we're going to use another r word yeah. for the rest of the podcast oh yeah no uh, so this is our little caveat caveat right, right now I, I love that you said that because i i was gonna just not say anything but i but do I, that I, oh i i was like oh yeah i'm never calling her renesmee <laughs> <laughs> once you once you started this whole thing, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm rigatoni." Not. Yeah, no, that is 100 percent what's gonna happen. <laughs> All right, well that's it for me. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot to share, but that's fine because you had I had, I had plenty, so it works out great like that. Yeah, fantastic. We are so excited for next yeah, week, you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. because we're gonna watch the first Breaking Dawn movie. Yeah, the f- it's beginning of the end. Yeah, so it's... if you're following along, that's what you should be doing this yeah. week, and mm-hmm. we'll come back to you next Friday. Thank you for listening. Um, if you liked us, be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram and our website, twilightpod.com. If you have any questions or just want to say, hey, you can message us at twilightpod.gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. And our intro song is by my friend Alex Chavez. You can find more of his music on his Facebook page, Vintage Attire Music. And as always, guys, remember... Naming a child in a fictional story has real-world consequences. It really does. It really do. Maybe you should have thought of that before you published, Steffi M. Steffi M. But also, don't suck. Yeah, don't suck, you guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, oh, so um, we're about to drop another clip yes. from earlier in the episode. Um, I don't know if y'all caught the really funny joke Spencer said. <laughs> it was funnier than fucking, oh, what's his name? 
not Austin, Ben. It was funnier oh, than Ben. I, I, I would never on claim another that. level. I, I no, I, it was I, funnier than Ben. I'll take the compliment, babe. I appreciate that. I will never claim that, but thank you. Yes. So, so go ahead and yeah. tell the joke, Boom. and then we will talk. Uh, we'll show you guys a clip of us giggling before he actually told the joke. It took us a solid minute to be able to get the line out because we were both giggling at it. So, um, just a reminder: there wasn't enough womb instead of room. Yep. Here you go. And it was quickly. <laughs> oh God, damn it! Okay, you gotta start. At the I know. Yeah, that's why I had to restart. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm so happy. I can't. I forgot I did this. Very pleased. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) cry. I'm so happy of myself. (laughs) Uh, We need to cut this and put this at the the end. end, Like we did last time. (laughs) This is the two minutes it took me to stop laughing at my own joke. So I can say it. Uh, No one's going to find this funny. Edward... (laughs) Edward continues. The baby's progress was going faster than they expected, and it was quickly running out of womb. Sorry, room. <laughs> it's good. It's a thank good you, one. Thank you. It's good. 